our lovely listeners and viewers. Those of you who subscribe to the podcast, thank you very much. I want to do a quick little shout out to our new subscriber... Tammy. Tammy. <laughs> Hi, Tammy. Hi, Tammy. I wanted I wanted you to say her name because we know Tammy is a lovely Bunny Galore fan, but now, Tammy, yes. we are a huge fan of yours. Thank you for joining us. We are delighted to have you all here this week, though, in the Horror Motel. Uh, as always, uh, I am with my sensational uh, starlet... Uh, I'm trying to think of what else comes with it. S- sexy. I don't want. I don't want to get Suc- uncomfortable. Succubus. I think is a good name. Succubus. <laughs> Buddy galore, everyone. Buddy galore. Oh, thank you very much, Alison. It's very lovely to see you again, as always. Uh, looking as glamorous and as hilarious as always. Oh, and congratulations on your podcast. Um, uh, Getting to 100 episodes, is that right? Is that today? Yeah, thank as you. Of recording, yes, as del- of recording. Yes, WTB, uh, Women Talking Bollocks with myself, uh, Jen Brister and Maureen Younger. We did our 100th episode. It just came out today, so thank you very much. Yay. Which makes me excited. I look forward to our 100th yeah, episode, exactly. Dear. Yeah, exactly. WTB, yeah, that's, that's, that's that does sound like the radio station in the fog, doesn't it? <laughs> it's WTB. WTB. Heavy jazz. <laughs> What's that outside the window? Knock, knock, knock. Um, uh, <laughs> three three so, female yes. comedians. <laughs> three, yes. <laughs> now, that's my Miss. version of heaven. No, 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 that's, not, <laughs> that's not a nightmare for me. That's heaven. You know, it's it's so lovely seeing you live. I got to see you live a few weeks ago again when you were in London. Um, and it just reminded me how, how, how I kind of started in the 80s with my, I think my, well, trying to be uh, reach those lofty pillars was pe- seeing uh, like people like Ruby Wax and Victoria Wood live in the 80s and you know just going I mean I love them on t- the TV shows of that period I wish I saw French and Saunders live around then I never did um, yeah. but uh, that that I it's, it's kind of reminded me that oh Joan Rivers as well Joan Rivers I was a massive fan of Joan Rivers oh. I know I know it's an American not, that's not so it's a kitschy English but uh, oh God, it just reminds me how that that voice uh, has always been in my head, I think, and I've always been trying to aspire to be that. And I think that's what reflects in a lot of my work, I hope, anyway, is um, that uh, female strong perspective. I hope it does, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, so it's lovely. Oh, it's lovely. And that night I came to see you as well, it was a list of incredible wonderful artists some of who I knew some I was seeing for the first time so it was really really great well that's so sweet of you to say I really feel we won't talk comedy too much because I will go on about it forever because that, that's, <laughs> that's what I do I'm a stand-up comedian uh, yeah. but um, I mean the world has changed so much for us and I feel now that like people are finally realizing that mm. you know <laughs> we're funny uh, this whole yes. st- this t- just idea that had been bred for so long that women aren't funny that's it's just there were so few of us this is what I always say it's a numbers mm. game there were so few of us that if you saw a woman and the show didn't go great it was going to 
going to be a long time till you saw another woman. And so you were left with that impression. Whereas there were so many men on the scene that it was just like if you saw a dude and it didn't go yeah. that great, then you get another dude. Then There's you get one, another yeah. dude. So you didn't yeah. have the time to form that, you know, stereotype kind of opinion. So I am just delighted with the world of comedy now and that there are so mm. many women and gals out there doing it. There's so many different voices. Not even women, gals, just diversity. It's it's a real treat. Yes. So yes. it's lovely to hear you say that. And it keep really going, is. team. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I feel that too. I kind of, when I came into performing uh solo cabaret kind of solo stuff it was kind of in the late 90s and it really drag was very out of fashion at that time i was kind of doing it in a uh ironic way anyway it's a bit like in fact it is kind i forget this it's very inspired by season one of french and saunders show where they're kind of at an old vaudeville uh variety show type thing they're, they're doing their spin on that so the naff of the places I remember going to, where was that? In Lanzarote playing the Charisma Show Bar. And uh, names like that, it would make me, get, <laughs> fill me for joy. That Like, because it was retro, but in a in a run-down seaside kind of, the, the more silly things I did like that, the more I enjoyed it. But really, I also had trouble fitting in because there wasn't, uh, there wasn't really much of a scene cabaret-wise. It was dying, very much dying, even though I was trying to do an ironic version of that. Uh, you had new people. Obviously, Lily was there. Lily Savage was there. Bob Downs was there. Uh, Gail Tuesday. There's more the character comedy, but uh, it was basically just white guys in t-shirts doing stand-up, really, and you know, not yeah. they're not very strong female, you know, um, sort of representation either at that t- at that time. Uh, people were still breaking through. You had, I guess, you had Joe Brand. Um, who else from that era? Uh, so it was nice to see that. Not that I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a white guy in a t-shirt doing comedy. It's great. I still, you know, I love, hey, a, go- I exactly, love a goofy guy. Exactly. Just, I'm not criticizing that. Yeah. It was just a lot of the no. same thing. It was a lot of the same thing. It's just that that's a majority of what it was. Yeah, and that is really fine. Oh, because look at stand-up comedy <laughs> started in the North in men's clubs. I get mm. it. It was a dude mm. standing in front of dudes telling jokes. Yes. I get it. That's yes. where it all kind of yes. started. And to be so in front of that audience. In... Yeah. yeah. It's hard yeah. to be in front of yeah. the audience. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I understand yeah. that completely. Yeah. But, it's but we've of... evolved. We've yes, evolved exactly. as people. Everything exactly. evolves. Everything changes. Mm. Remember, they used to give us leeching in hospitals as a way of healing. <laughs> and now we don't do that anymore, everyone. We evolve as people. So... <laughs> I'm just saying. Right? Sometimes a... I get worried that they're going <laughs> to... It's true. Leeching. Uh, you're not feeling well? Give, give them a good leeching. Throw some leeches on that. That'll be fine. I... Uh... <laughs> We, That's a wonderful a metaphor way, for the uh, entertainment industry in the last three, 30 years. <laughs> that I've, we, oh, gosh, we've been knocking around, yeah. Do you feel it's yeah, been a massive yeah. change when you came? Was it different? You started performing in Canada, didn't you, before the UK? Yeah. So was yeah, there a, bit, yeah, a big yeah. jolt when you came to the UK? Mm, I think it was, yeah. I mean, it was definitely because they were all away games and I hadn't really, like, mm-hmm. I hadn't immersed myself too much in the culture yet, so I didn't really right. understand. Also, I was up north, and I mm. don't want to generalize, but a, a lot of the gigs I were doing were not in central international London. They were, like, right. in Witness, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Solihull, <laughs> in, you know, Salford. It was wow. very, you know, a lot of places where you had to learn parochial terms. It, it, you didn't have to, but it just went, it, it was easier if you, you know, so I had I had to adjust. And I do feel that, like, you know, 10 years ago when I came, there was a bit more still that vibe of, like, 
you know, they'd be like, and your next act, you're going to love her. And you'd hear, ugh. And guys would get up and go to the toilet, go to the bar. You know, they were just like, oh, God, a woman, I got to let, uh, here's the, di-. you know, it was a very different, you know, I always say I used to get booed, now I get wooed, which is really weird when you walk on stage <laughs> after so many years of people being like, oh, God, and now they're like, woohoo, and I was like, who's behind me? Who are they cheering? <laughs> oh, oh, that is, yeah, it is a different feeling yeah so yeah I feel it has changed a lot but I feel society and people change and I think people just want to hear and see different things and experience different Mm. things and talk about other cultures and backgrounds and diversity and I mean even the world of drag let's talk about how much drag is oh gosh yes Uh, yeah massively obviously the the biggest thing is is drag race has brought that revolution that sort of full-on tsunami wave of yeah of mainstream, drag, mainstream. Yeah. Uh, and obviously that's now crashed against the shore and it's been pushed back slightly <laughs> the tsunami's being receding slightly which was always going to happen i think because drag is kind of very very generally quite punk rock and it's really uh at its broad well it's so broad also i mean what i'm doing was always a very um, drenchified version of drag because I kind of realised I couldn't fit into many scenes for ages. And then the burlesque era came along and that, I, from about 2006, and as soon as that happened, that that kind of revived uh, neo-cabaret in London and everywhere else, really. So I've rode that yes. pony for a long time, from 2006 to about 2018. Well, occasionally I still do it, but it's I, I've not done a burlesque show for quite long, about five years now. Uh, but uh, and then I just but I you always got to find your hooks. I mean, so I discovered the the horror movie hosting world and I, about ten or oh, eleven years ago now. So I went into that. So I also find the areas where it's unique. In the meantime, I was kind of making myself quite mainstream in the uh, in with my vision of making. If I was you know if it was lucky enough to get, go a bit more mainstream, then I'll be mainstream friendly. Uh, but that it was like being i think it's a glass ceiling it's like with ventriloquists and uh magicians it's kind of been very unfashionable for quite a long time and drag queens it was kind of like hitting a glass seat you couldn't go any further and believe me i tried but <laughs> about five years ago finally with a hammer at that with a hammer, and a hammer come on, and a chisel like come, going, come on, on. <laughs> just, i just want to be a weather girl i just want to i just want to be a, on a game show you know and the prize is or like or adding up the points i would have been happy i've been you know an ironic kind of little way in um but i wasn't expecting my own talk show but you know it was you know I, that's how i wanted to try and break through and it wasn't really happening and then Obviously, drag. I could see it happening in America. The people kind of similar to me, or much more established than me, in America, being superseded by this wave of newer drag queens coming from Drag Race because uh, the reality stars who were brilliant. And then when it came here, yeah. I, I was a bit like rot roll. That kind of <laughs> I might some, <laughs> instead of what I was thinking of myself of being the young, the young, younger kind of tier of uh, UK drag queens, I'm suddenly going to become in the middle. Um, uh, I don't think I'm old school. Old school, particularly. I'm not like bright and drag so much, which is I love, but I'm I'm not that. Uh, and then I ha- and that's what's kind of happened. I've become the ones the the, the younger ones who kind of say like, oh, you know, who ask me for advice or as if I know what I'm doing. And <laughs> and or my, yeah, my favorite yeah, is yeah. My favorite is still like, oh my gosh, I used to watch you when I was a kid on TV, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I feel like I've just started doing that, and I'm like, how, how? Um, that's you know, also how we say you- that to you? Are you like, 
you are still a kid. Like you are sometimes still a kid. They, when I was, I remember that first time I saw you, and I was like, you are still. You're still a child, just so you know. Yeah. You're not even 30 yeah, exactly. yet. You're still a... Sorry, still a everyone child. under 30, you're not a full person until <laughs> you're 30, just so you know. No, I, uh, actually, I do believe that. Yeah. yeah, I always advise people, like, yeah. just survive your 20s. I was rubbish in yeah. my 20s. And uh, yeah. some people, some of my mates are actually quite successful business-wise in their 20s, I have to say. Uh, they're all doing really, really well. Um, Owen, CJ, Tom, they're all amazing. They're really, really, business-wise, they're great. I do think life kind of settles down a bit at 30 because it just goes, oh, that pressure's kind of taken off a little bit. Um, but yes, what I was always surprised that people, when people say that to me, is like, what were you watching a really obscure Sky Channel at the age of 10? <laughs> how, one, how did you find it? And two, like, uh, what were you watching? Like, you know, the brain that wouldn't die at like two o'clock in the morning um, again. So yes. Uh, so it has changed a lot. I, I did, I, I've spent a while lately trying to figure out where my place in that universe is. Um, yeah. And which is why I'm actually enjoying podcasting because it's actually made me go. I don't really, although I am about to start gigging, gigging really, but um, in some more commercial places. Um, yeah. I kind of wanted to do something that's still, you know, you have a voice and you have a, uh, yes. you know, a sort of presence that's more well rounded. So, I'm, and I'm really enjoying doing it out of costume. I'm loving doing that. I'm so reliant on that battle armor that to. Yeah to still to do it as me is is really lovely i love it obviously you know when you're filming it's you know it's much nicer to have you know the full the full thing because it just looks fun absolutely um, and i had uh funny enough i was i wasn't doing uh so i know tammy from originally i met her uh from in, at horicon which was an event i normally do in uh, Sheffield uh, last year I couldn't do it because it was right in the middle of the BGT filming but I ended up doing um, their sister convention in September which kind of suits me a bit more now I think because I don't know how much longer I'll be hosting the horror films but um, they do a pop uh, culture one called Popcorn so I'm doing that in September so I wasn't there last Saturday but I was Ooh. in the middle of <laughs> I'll just tell this brief story I was doing the West End Flea Market so it's the West End Theatre Flea Market and they have a number of uh, it was a little Dame Nation reunion. There was a few pantomime days there as well that I had, was meeting for the first time. But I got ready at a friend's house and um, and I decided, this is at eight o'clock in the morning, to walk from Bloomsbury down to Covent Garden by myself in full regalia. And um, I was wearing a costume, a very sentimental costume that I had created uh, with my business partner at the time, we had these publicity costumes. His was green, mine was orange. We would wear it for the posters, for the pantomimes we were doing. We'd also wear it for every single PR promo event that we did. So those heels I was been wearing have been, and that costume has been all around Birmingham, all all around Nottingham, all around Dartford, uh, you know, all these different cities. I've worn them for like, you know, walking around doing, you know, meet personal appearances I've, for filming. Da, da, da. I'm walking through Covent Garden. I step off the curb and they're like platform boots. The platform breaks off, just breaks oh. off. And I'm still about a five minute walk to uh, the actor's church in the middle of Covent Garden. I've just made a TikTok. I do a TikTok once every six months. I'm so down with the kids uh, about it because it was just like, of course. Because what's obviously happened, although I've used them so much, I've actually not worn that costume since I stopped that business partnership back in stopped doing that business partnership back in 2016 so of course the glue's dried out 
So I literally, but the trouble is, what do you do? I'm 10 minutes from the, I've got it, you know, I'm about to yeah. do the opening in yeah. 10 minutes. So I had literally Yoo-Hoo glue, like tape around both shoes. So I look like I've got go faster stripes around these boots. Didn't even have time to find some gold paint. So it was just like, well, it's just have to be this. And I thought, well, if they're looking at the shoes, <laughs> uh, they're not looking at me. So, uh, so, uh, but then weirdly, as I, and I did the whole event, which is about, five six hours i just say and it was very warm and i was a bit like this is not a costume i should have worn in the heat um uh as i left to get a car back to my friend's house or that i'm getting a car this time the other one went literally as i was going to the car so it was just call me cinderella <laughs> oh, but if you if you, it was just like of course i do think that costume is slightly jinxed i have to say but um so that's now back in the cupboard i don't think i'm ever going to wear it again so um i'll just probably burn it in the garden it'd be easier no it won't really but uh, but, it, but it was but it made for a very funny story and also at eight o'clock in the morning or whatever time it was uh it's certainly woke me the hell up <laughs> i was full I of adre- full of yeah. adrenaline by the time yeah. i got there i was like morning i am here i need this you go there where's where's the crew who are you Da-da-da-da. and i was like arrived for in full battle uh mode so it certainly woke me up <laughs> so is that- there i'm just curious as <laughs> as a performing you know drag queen is there ever is there like a common thing we'll just do this quickly that any mm-hmm. everyone says to you afterwards something that drives you crazy when they say it to you um, like do you do your own makeup uh is one <laughs> Uh, uh, I guess I have teams of angels that come down them. Um, <laughs> I don't think I because do, I don't wear uh, I don't I've never tucked I've never tucked because I don't wear leotard costumes. One of these days I'll have to, and it'd be like um, you know I'll be there with a YouTube video and, a, and a, some masking tape, going how do you do this? Um, so I will eventually, I'm sure, have to do this, especially if I end up doing some, you know, if I end up ever doing Drag Race, I'll have to do that, I guess. But uh, at eight, by the way, that'll be the OAP Drag Race that's in, you know, OAP Drag Race Catford. Um, <laughs> I'll end up doing, well, I'll end up having to talk on that. Yeah, I get uh, I get that. Um, what else do I get that's um, strange? They are some very strange. Oh, it, they think it's like, um, is, this your, is this your job or something? That, that, those are questions. You, uh, they ask how much you know. Job, they get, get, I think. Oh, the last time. Uh, no, it's your jo- it's your job doing drag. Um, what was the other one I had the other day? It was like asking how you know if I can survive on the money, and I was a bit like, it, that, that's a bit rude. Um, uh, it's very rude. Uh, it's like, I think they think it's some strange. If if you, if it's not your world, if you work in an office, I guess they think anybody, whether it be burlesque, stand-up comedy, magicians, ventriloquists, drag queens, they think it's some strange hobby, I think. I think that's yeah. probably what they yeah. think it is. Um, I, I get that. I understand. I, as much as I have no idea how an office works. I, I see it in dramas and films. I, I think people just, you know, type away. But uh, <laughs> you know, much as I don't yeah. understand that world, I've never worked in an office, so therefore... Uh, I don't know. I've worked in various crazy places. I work in theatre a lot. I've worked in a few shops back in like, 1804. Um, but yeah, so it's it's funny, isn't it? There we go. Is I, that. As a female comedian, we mm-hmm. always get... Oh, this yeah. is what I... Yeah, I was going to say what's yours. We know. Yeah, yeah. Mine is... Uh, <laughs> they look at you dumbfounded and go, huh, I don't normally, normally. <laughs> I don't... I don't find the female funny. I don't... I, I, <laughs> And they look at you like you're an alien. Like, this, this is something normally I, I hate your 
type normally. Uh, so I get stared at like an alien, which is a great segue into today's horror film. Thank you very much. Yeah. Silent clap there. There we go. Round of applause for Alison Drew Smith. Uh, I am not an alien, but I am fascinated with the idea of alien, alien abduction in general. This is one of my personal, like, I don't know, interests, but yet fears. And so the mm. movie I am checking into the hotel this week is one that is, I mean, when I first saw it, it rocked my world because of my little sort of underlining fear of the idea of abduction. But it is the 1993 movie, Fire in the Sky. Now... Uh, I'm sure, as I say that title, some of you might be like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that. This movie was supposed to be a lot larger. Um, it was supposed to be a bigger box office hit than it really was. Uh, I think they thought that this story, this idea would bring in the people. I am still surprised it didn't because it came out after the time. Remember, the first time I really started to hear about aliens was Unsolved Mysteries. Do you remember the Unsolved Mysteries? Oh, yes, um, yes, yes. I don't think we have that over here as much, but... Yeah. Okay. And it was mm. it was about like they you know the unsolved mysteries, but aliens was a big one, and it was like mm. the first ones we saw were like the white headed aliens with the big black mm. eyes. Um, that you know, and and there's been movies made about this type of thing. Communion was another one that I was mentioning mm -hmm. to you, but I think that was even older and less known. But Fire in the Sky was the first movie to kind of tackle the idea of like. Is abduction really happening? Because it was based off the story of an actual man, uh, Travis Walter, who, this is, uh, well, we say true story, but there's no way to prove. Um, he was part of a logging, um, like a logging company, this group of guys, they would go out and do logging. Uh, and he was abducted. And still to this day, in, in the books, it says uh, he went missing for about five days, about a week. Um, the town uh, accused the other guys of killing him and disposing of the body because they're like, well, where is he? Because he just disappeared. So the story was these loggers were logging. They drove along. They see a light in the sky. Oh, isn't that wild? They go, Travis gets out of the truck to look at it. Travis, in the movie, there is a light and he is like stunned by the light in mm. real life. In Travis's account, there was no light. He simply okay. went out, saw this hovercraft, uh, was frozen, and then he just remembers waking up and then telling his experience of getting out of the, the spacecraft. Um, but what I loved about this movie was half of the movie at first is just these men, which I think was a great story. It was almost like two movies in one to me mm. because it was the whole idea of these other logging men going like, we didn't do anything, you know, but everyone's mm. going, come on. Like, and how, yeah. how could they, you know what I mean? So the whole, the first half of the movie is them being like, these are upstanding citizens of, you know, of the community, except for one guy who was the drifter. So of course, you know, he's like, he's I, I don't want to do a polygram <laughs> test. They're going to blame me. Um, but this is the whole thing. So the whole first half of the movie is these guys going like, it wasn't us. It wasn't us. And like people wanting to give them lie detector, detector tests. And, and I just thought, oh my God, first off, that's the whole story right there. These guys talking about what happened to them and then we get into the second half where Travis reappears yeah. and then we begin to like see how messed up Travis is and what has happened to Travis and I think the more I really learned that this was an actual story the more it really like 
started to freak me out. We talked about The Fourth Kind ages mm. ago, which is another movie I like, which is just in theory based off of some experiences. But this movie was based off the book that was written by the gentleman that was abducted. So this one has always been kind of just in my mind as one of my personal favorites. How long has it been since you've seen this movie? Well, I never have. I realised. I thought I had. Oh I thought God. I did. I really thought I had seen it, and I'm trying to remember in my head um, when. I-, I think of. I think it's probably if it came out in '93. I was just going to drama school, so that was. Uh, I was. I'd moved to from home. I'd moved to Portsmouth, then Southampton in the summer, and then I moved to Guildford. So I think there's a lot of things that happened in 1993 that actually I missed. I remember, or oh, and 94 and 95, to be fair. Uh, things like the revival of Are You Being Served called Grace and Favour, I never saw at that time. And that's one of, you know, I loved Are You Being Served. I still do love Are You Being Served. But I didn't see the revival until many years later because it was, I just wasn't watching terrestrial TV. Um, I, so I think that's possibly why. I think also, I don't know what the release was like in the UK. I don't know if it was. Good point. Good point. I don't point. know how yeah. big it was yeah. here. It's certainly so. It's right. So it's certainly a cover, or a poster, and a VHS, I guess, that I really remember. But I and I think I remember the very hazily the trailer. I did think it was much older than ninety three. I thought it was about eighty seven. I thought it was a late eighties movie. Mm. So I think that's why I never went back to it. I also, I, what I really annoying me, I can't remember what year the X Files start, and it is. I know it's at that time. I don't know if it's ninety two or ninety three, but it's around that that time because I watched it while I was at drama school. So, um, but it was very new at that point. So, yes. I, if it had been released, what I'm saying is, if it had been released after the X Files has started, I think it would have been a much much bigger box office. I would imagine Ooh, good it good pro- point. That's a very yeah. that's a very good point. X Files started company network. Oh, okay. So look at the broadcasting so they have a few numbers here. X Files mm-hmm. started nineteen ninety three to two thousand twenty two. So literally I think this yeah. movie probably came out right before X Files. Yeah. And I agree with you. Yeah. I think had X Files come out because I remember every week yeah. in university we were watching X Files yes. like it was huge, wasn't you know? it? I still remember watching <sighs> two they did a band night on BBC two as in like band T V night on BBC. I think one of the episodes I think Tombs, I think it's Tombs, that was not shown in the original season one. It was it was too graphic, apparently. I don't know, they're probably hyping it up, but it was freaking scary, after, especially back then. It's really creepy. And so if you'd shown, uh, uh, if you'd shown, if you'd released uh, Fire in the Sky, I, I'd say like, like 94, uh, yeah. 95 even, it would have been a lot bigger success. Uh, so I'd never yeah. seen it. It is not the film I was expecting. It is brilliant. I loved it. But it is quite a big commercial movie. And I went, why don't I know this? Because it's such, it looks, I think particularly the version I I watched on Amazon Prime, it's a lovely print of the movie. So it looks great. Uh, It's not a grainy VHS four by three, you know, box, you know, square um, picture. So it's a lovely widescreen print of the film. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, this is looks this looks amazing. So that's how I came to. So, I, it, but I love discovering even older films for the first time because most of the classic things I've seen, I, I've always kept like things like Citizen Kane back. I don't know when I think I'm going to ever watch this, but uh, but this, I'm still 
keep on discovering these odd little white. Oh, that's different and new. It's kind of because maybe they've not uh, from the 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s have like uh, a, a movie star in it that's famous still to this day, like Joan Crawford or Betty Davis. Yeah. You know, that, those yeah. sort of like um, before, you know, even up, obviously Marilyn, I know very well, but there's some film, if there's some film stars that have kind of disappeared. Uh, it's nice to kind of find these movies and you go, oh, that's really interesting. That's a really lovely movie. It just got a bit forgotten about because they're, they're not as relevant yes. as they are today. So this is a bit like one of those, isn't it? It's it's like, wow. Obviously, it has quite a, a pedigree of cast, I have to say. I absolutely loved yeah. it. I, I agree. It, it wasn't the film I was expecting also because it starts as, obviously, they have that encounter. And then the first half of the movie is the almost like a whodunit. So you're going... Uh, is this the story they're telling and actually have they killed him is it some sort of cover-up is it going to be revealed sure. that they actually killed him or, or something's happened to him and yeah. and then it and then he then he returns i mean spoilers he returns uh and then the the flashbacks to what actually happened to him in his mind i think is one it that again this lovely print of the movie looks incredibly shot absolutely terrifying um, yeah. still stands up really well today, all the stuff in the spaceship, basically. Really unusual way of doing it. Oh, my gosh, I think it was brilliant. I really... Are the only, th- are the only mm, uh, uh, unsatisfied bit, in because it's based on the producer, is the actually, I would say, the, the epilogue cursor to the film is a little bit like, oh, where's this? Where's that going? They they kind of meet up and they chat, um, him and his one of his friends, and it's like, oh, that's a strange place to finish, but where would you finish it, I guess? How else well, would you this finish is that what film? I This is exactly it. And mm. uh, even, uh, you know, a lot of it, was it Roger Ebert? Because I always like to, I always like to, um, what does it say? He says, uh, the movie's flaw is that there's not enough detail about the aliens and the movie ends on an inconclusive and frustrating note. Yes, okay, yeah, yes. But yeah, I, I would the whole thing that. was there is no conclusion. Yeah. There's no conclusion. What we see at the end and what was good about this movie, I thought, was that it did focus so much on the lives of the people Mm. and the idea of how their lives are affected. Yes, we had some brilliant shot scenes where he's Mm. in the alien ship, he's in the hovercraft. But this is what has always amazed me with the idea of, of alien abduction or these movies about it is it's that. How does it affect the people? You know, you see all these movies Mm. about people who have talked about, you know, they've been abducted. Their lives are destroyed. Like, they're walking around going, this really happened to me. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, the guy who thinks he got abducted by an alien. So to me, I just loved this movie really looked at the lives and how the lives of these people were affected by saying the story that everyone was like, bullshit. And they were like, it's not. Like, this really happened. So for me, that I did love that. And I also love that the whole movie wasn't just like, don't get me wrong, I love a sci-fi, spacey movie, Mm. but I liked that the movie wasn't that the whole time because then when we got the flashbacks, like the first scene where we find him. (laughs) Yeah, shocking. And they start taking him down that hospital. So they take him down the hospital and he's flashing back to what it's Mm. like. And the comparative, I thought it was interesting, the comparison of like the aliens doing all these experiments mm-hmm. and yet in the hospital, you know, in, in, in human world, them doing all these things. And it's like, it kind of showed the juxtaposition, like the parallel, the yeah. same. Because I've always thought this, look, if there's aliens out there, which I mean, basically we know there are, right? Mm. You can have your opinions, but there's life beyond us. Um, how? 
would we react? Yeah. I mean, what what is it? How? Do, that's what I always find so fascinating because I always think, oh my god, if an alien appeared in front of me, look, if I if I had an wax an axe wielding maniac chasing me, fine, I can be like, all right, I'm terrified. Let's, I'm gonna fight. Yeah, how would like, you react? A fucking yes. alien just appears yeah, in front of you, you like. Your whole reality is is shifted, and that's mm. what I think is so great about this movie is showing like, look at this, like you know, and so at the end too, when you you know they basically come together. One guy he turns into a bit of a hermit and lives off in the woods, and the guy who got abducted eventually goes and just retouches with him and basically says, you know, I'm sorry that it wasn't your fault that you left me. Da, da, da. And that was the ending. And I get it. It's mm. not a big blockbuster ending, but because it's based on a real story, how do we have a big how do you do, blockbuster? Yeah, yeah. If you're trying to stay true to the story like Travis is still out there going hey everyone I got abducted by aliens and some people believe him and some people don't yeah. so I thought the movie was was really great for that um, yeah. I think it's the name just of the town oh yeah? yeah no I think it's just in the I agree that that's the ending you should probably have I, I think the way it's written is a little bit underwhelming I think it because I gotcha. just think the um, as a piece of entertainment uh, not as a documentary. I think you kind of need... I would love to the, the guy that being abducted to really uh, scream and shout and like he like you know like he'd been a, a sexually attacked in a way to talk like he how he would react to a friend that had left him behind with people that attacked him. It it just seemed yes. a little bit too underwhelming. Yeah, underwhelming that ending. I think a more yeah. of a, a emotional. Um, fireworks at the end would have just probably put but it's a very small criticism it's just always like oh, oh okay yeah. that's all right but yeah. that's the trouble when you're i think that's a problem when you're doing real life stuff because it's it's becomes uh, there's it, you can't you need that's when you need drama added because it's a it is uh entertainment it isn't a a, a, a uh, autobiography so i think just yeah. a little bit of that would be cool but again for 93 i think that's that's pretty commonplace i know there are more films that in very similar ways it's fine but i i, I thought it was the scenes particularly in the spaceship and the tension in the vill in the village in the town um yeah with people not and i was i, I love the fact i didn't know what was going to happen I loved it because I had no idea. I really thought, have they killed him? If this is going to, is someone going to get yeah. lynched? Is someone going to get lynched before he, is he going to, I wasn't expecting him to come back. I was really, really, I went on that journey. I was, I thought it was great. I really, really did. Um, and I'm, it's a shame that it hasn't had more sort of uh, attention in that way. I think it's a very famous title. I just don't think yep. people know. And I, I don't know how available it's been over the years as well. You know, when you feel like, mm, did this just not be some of those some of those films just disappear because of copyrights and legal issues yeah. and they just never they don't they only lately I've seen it pop up and I was like mm, I wonder if it's just been a bit languishing somewhere how did you first discover it did you see it at the cinema Alison remember yeah I saw it in the cinema because Ooh. again I've always had this thing with alien I, I don't know mm. just the idea of aliens or something about it I'm always yeah, like yeah. it's my biggest fear and yet it, mm. it, it, I'm so drawn to it you know so I went and saw it in the theater it was amazing in the mm. theater because it was just there hadn't been a movie quite done like this no. ever before in my lifetime so I was like wow and you know because all my friends were always like oh Allison and her alien thing <laughs> and even they went and saw the movie and they were all like 
holy shit, that's terrifying. <laughs> I was like, I know, the idea of like nobody believing you as well. Like, mm. that's what was so, so I saw it in the theater, loved it. Mm. Uh, still love it to this day. Um, just because I think it makes us all contemplate like, I don't know. I think the question of is there something out there nowadays is less, there's less of a question. I think we're all at the point where we're like, there's some stuff we yeah, can't some, yeah, explain. Yeah, yeah. So it makes it a, a, a bit easier. There is current talk right now of there being a remake done. And normally mm. I am not a fan of remakes, okay? I believe too mm. many times beautiful horror films are, you know, oh, let's remake it because they just, mm. they don't remake classics. They go to my favorite horror movies and remake yeah. them. But there is talk of this one being remade. And I actually think... I would be really excited to see what yeah. would be done with it this time around. I bet you they'll go way more high budget. They'll do more alien stuff. They'll do more, yeah. you know, weird things on the ship. We'll get more, you know, weird procedures we'll see being done to the people. Yeah. Oh but gosh. it would be interesting to see what they do and how they end it. Yeah. That to me would be I, I'm very curious. So if it's yeah. in, if there's talks out there, I say do it. I yeah. think now is the time to bring out this sort of film. Yeah. Well, know. especially um yeah. I, I don't think we've um talked about uh, like a nope um uh on this, have we? Uh which was came out last year, I think. If you look at it along those lines of 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 nope it's kind of um i think that makes perfect sense it's got a very similar vibe to some of that especially the the abduction when they're uh watching um the, waiting for the alien to arrive it's kind of like a floor show and they're all sitting there in the little arena and then they, they all get sucked up into the alien it's kind of very similar to to that so i can really i could especially if that team of people do it I can really see it working really well. If it was something like that, that would be great. Uh, oh, I love it. Yeah, I yeah, I can it. really see it. One of the most, just, I'm really quite disturbed in a good way. <laughs> I'm disturbed yeah, and yeah. scared up. I was like, oh my God, this is traumatizing. The, the whole section of the, in the earliest bit. And I think it was, it was him being dragged along the floor at one point and you see the kid's shoes kind of just floating there and I was trying a to go mess, I, a, a pair of glasses glasses you see that they've been abducting people for years and years, years and years yes. yeah books and yeah. things I was like oh I kind of want to pause it and, and but I'm watching I'm, I'm in the moment so I can't pause it but uh, I want to go back and look at all those those things I was like that's fascinating stuff um yeah. but chilling chilling but very much like Absolutely. no, I, I would say I'd put it on a par with that of that, which is probably more cinematic, obviously. But uh, yeah, yeah, very, very, very good, very good. And I have to say, a very sexy male cast. It was suddenly I was a bit like, oh, there's beginning scenes. I was like, this feels like you're about to go into Magic Mike. Um, when the, yeah, the, the well, log it's all feels... rugged loggers, right? Oh, They're all goodness. logging men. They're all like, what's up? Hey, yeah. we're going hey. out logging. See the women later. And you're like, yeah, you lift those logs. Yeah. <laughs> you got those logs down. It is very But it's it all played by sexy. male models rather than, I'm pretty sure the, the actual uh, the actual guys that it happened to, they probably didn't look like that. Um, I, well, isn't it fascinating to know that like, I have to look up the original case because you do think, what actually happened? You know, you can either go down the route of did it did, was he really abducted? But if he wasn't abducted in 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 reality and he was missing for five days and he comes back, we know where the of, hell did he go? How yeah. did he survive? Like where, where did he and go? Why would you do that? And why, why would, would you, you do, do that? that? Yeah, 
I mean, and then show up and go. I was abducted by aliens. I guess yeah. people would go. Well, it's a story. You get paid story, money yeah. for it. But like, I guess that's one hell of a. It's a. It, it, it's a lot to to um, commit to, isn't it? And if he was off having an affair with somebody. Uh, and or hiding somewhere, you would think by now that would have come out, wouldn't you? Because um, when is it? Absolutely. Didn't it happen in the late seventies, early eighties? The the actual event. Yes, it did. Yeah, it's... the actual event happened. I believe it was seventy five. Yes. Uh, no, I, I wonder if that's again, why I think it's, it's older. I, I wonder if that's yeah, why I think it's older. Probably... Maybe. It's yeah. kind of like The Conjuring, how they film yeah. it so it looks 70s, even yeah. though it was, you know, so why. I think there is a little bit of that, hmm. except for when we get to the alien scene, which, the alien scenes, which, again, for that time, what they did. Is- I don't know how they even filmed some of that. I was looking at going, I don't know how you're doing a lot of this, because it looks, the weightless enough looks so good. It, it's very alien but almost Prometheus era of, you know, the modern, modern. Yeah. I was so impressed going, oh my God, that looks amazing. So it must now, have cost a lot of this, money. Yeah. When we see the actual alien, because the mm. whole thing is, the idea is they're in spacesuits, So the spacesuits is like the was, big head with the big yes, black eyes. I thought that was so when clever. We see the actual... I love that. I yeah, love that. It's, it's like great, the idea of these aliens yeah. that we've been seeing. This isn't them. That's their yeah. spacesuits. But when we saw the actual alien, I was a little bit like, oh, there it shows its age in its, yeah, that's, you know, yeah, like the alien yeah. looked a little cheesy. Yeah. It, but yeah, we, that's, that's such a minor aspect of it. Mm. Um, you know, it's not like we're seeing the aliens all the time. I almost feel if we never saw the aliens, yeah. it would have been just stronger, as much stronger. Yeah. I would have liked to seen yeah. the space shoots uh, and then, and kind of silhouettes like, which is what they do on X-Files a lot, isn't it? That kind of burnt out, you know, with light behind you. That kind of, and hands and things like that. I would have probably got, I think they're a little too, bit too brightly lit, uh, the aliens. Yeah. I think if the, if you'd lit them gloomier and darker or backlit them, it would have been fine. I think it's just, they show a little bit too much of the alien. Um, <laughs> yeah, you really but, see. You're like, yeah, oh, that was made out of yeah, plasticine mm, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit. It doesn't really move as much. But, you know, uh, still really good for the time. And at least it's at least it's a real prop. It's not CGI. It's an actual, you know, real thing. So I exactly. suppose it is the and same they, year people, as Jurassic Park. So there we go. People got employed. There were a lot of, there was mm. a lot of like uh, artsy, craftsy people that were employed for that film. So well yes. done, Fire in the yes. Sky, for not exactly. too much CGI and having human... <laughs> human builders so uh i mean i could talk about aliens all day uh i don't want to go on about it continuously because i will have nightmares uh but i I will i will have nightmares tonight i will dream of aliens what i would like to know sexy logging aliens okay what i would like to know (laughs) martin buddy (laughs) where in the hotel are you gonna check in our aliens where where not even the aliens mm. but the whole crew where's fire in the sky and you can't say your bedroom even though you'd like to have ah <laughs> yeah where lockers, in the yeah. hotel i know mm. would you check in fire in the sky so this is a slightly strange place to put it but i would love to put it on the sign outside the horror motel which, which reads horror motel because i feel like it should be like there um like a spaceship like you have in vegas where you have like the uh when you drive down the strip and it's like a revolving spaceship on the top of the of of, of our logo uh that's outside the horror motel so i think it should be in the sky was what i'm trying to say it should be in the sky on a pole uh but i think I so i'll put that. it 
I put it on top of the signpost that has the Horror Motel logo because I think that one, it will attract customers and, you know, they can just land there and they can just like hover and they can pop in yeah. for a cup of tea in the canteen. I think that's where I'd like to put it because then it's, you know, it's in the night sky. And it's isn't it mad that I still, you- that we still have so many, especially the year of YouTube. In 93, this is freaking scary because that was the that was pre-internet so it was it's a wonderful glorious era of like you know half knowledge and i think but mm-hmm. it's still going on today i still watch uh you know like videos and uh sort of uh conspiracy theory stuff uh on youtube and, and now probably on tiktok and things like that where you just you know it's just that the unknown that slightly we've got the technology but we you see these little glimpses and the fact it's still as popular today that sort of those theories about things like that and you know i do think there probably should be more footage (laughs) probably by now but there are some strange things out there there's some very unexplained stuff out there so you just never know where would you put it alison do you think I agree with you. I think that's wonderful. Look, they got a whole spaceship. They got all the room they need. We just yeah, need exactly. to give them the outside space to yes. park the spaceship in. Exactly. So I love the idea. And I literally can see the hover, like the spaceship hovering <laughs> above our sign. And I know exactly, exactly the shots that you're thinking of with yes, other motels exactly. that have that kind of. So I think it's even more. I think it's lovely that we have an authentic uh, spacecraft a hovering above our spacecraft. sign right now. <laughs> I think that is excellent. I love where you have checked it in, my dear. So, yes, we have to get our uh, alien merch ready at reception uh, to, to, you know, to to compete with Roswell. (laughs) Wouldn't you just love to go to Roswell? I don't I don't care if it's just, you know, if it's just an actual, you know, it's, it's a human base. I want to know what on earth happened in roswell i really you know open those files open them open them, open open them. There must be something uh, crashed something crashed there yeah it absolutely did uh well thank you so much uh, again for for indulging me and watching fire in the sky i'm so delighted that you never saw it and you got to see it uh mm. those listeners if you have not seen it give it a go we're both giving it a stamp of watch it you know um also if there's any other alien or even obscure horror films that you know of that that you think might stump us, that we have not seen, please let us know. Um, become a Patreon. Get involved with us. We we love having you on in our hotel. Um, and next week, I'm pretty excited because you're you're bringing. Do you want to give any indications? Of what oh you're yes, to the I, I, I well the next film uh, we're going to be talking about next week is a very modern one. It's only just come out, so uh, it's kind of dealing with a classic subject. But it's a very new movie, which is very exciting. You know, I think everyone quite loved when we did Megan a, a few months ago. So I think this is yep. certainly, certainly has the the fangs, uh, certainly out there. Oh, I love that. We're not saying it. We're giving you a hint. So join us next week uh, and find out what movie we are checking into the Horror Motel. <laughs> <laughs>